Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. It's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. You can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, which is brought to you by La Rosa's, uh, we are going to be talking about the SEC tournament, of course. We'll set that up. We'll talk about a potential caras- the coaching carousel in the SEC basketball ranks kind of turning already. And we'll discuss Kyle's latest story for the Athletic, a look back at the game between Kentucky and Wichita State in the NCAA tournament. We'll, we'll let you know more about that in a bit. Um, but let's just start out, Kyle, kind of overall, when we you got a chance to kind of Take a deep breath on this SEC bracket a little bit. A couple games are going on. We're recording right now. Um, Missouri just beat Georgia, so in theory they could move back in, back up into the net rankings where they could be a quad one win for Kentucky again, potentially. Vanderbilt and Texas A&M are, are about to tip off. Uh, I mean, like kind of overall thoughts, is there anything that's kind of been surprising with you? The Reed Travis news that he's probably going to play now, how does that kind of reset the tournament? Yeah, I mean, assuming I would say assuming Reed Travis is available, you know, knocks a little rust off on Friday and is available to play at least some, you know, kind of full bore minutes on Saturday. Assuming that is Tennessee in the semifinal, um, I like Kentucky's chances. Uh, I, I think they match up great with Tennessee when they have Reed Travis. I think it's a big difference to be at home or quasi home which which nashville will be to some extent i think certainly won't be thompson bowling arena and i mean the bottom line is as much as cal doesn't like the sec tournament they always play well in the <laughs> SEC tournament and they they won four in a row so i i i think if reed travis is really able to give them some real minutes uh i feel pretty good about their opportunity to at least make it to sunday because to me if you do get past tennessee which i think locks up the one seed for you 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 shut Reed Travis down for Sunday because it doesn't matter anymore. You know your coach has already kind of said that. Uh, the NCAA selection committee has already kind of indicated that. By the way, they never seem to factor in Sunday championship games. So, you know, to me, get to get to Sunday and and shut him down. So I, I like him to get to Sunday, but. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if somebody comes out of that. You know, we talked about Auburn. I think the other day, if somebody comes out of that top half, other than LSU, and uh, and wins the thing. Yeah, I I mean that that is obviously that's kind of like the wide open side of the bracket because LSU has so many things going on, which we've discussed. And I guess the the only update we really have today that I don't think we've mentioned a ton is uh, the weird fact that it. it I mean, it, it's all but done now. Will Wade is going to be shut down for the season because on the advice of his attorney, he's not going to speak to the LSU administration about you know the, these allegations and what came out in those stories about him paying players. And so without that happening, they're not going to reinstate him, and he's not going to right. do it. Not going to, not going to speak to them until after the trial, yeah, uh, which is after the season. And you know, I, you know, as someone I think maybe Pat Forty or someone po- pointed out on Twitter. Uh, or Dan Wessel, I can't remember. It's the the smart thing to do for him because one, he cashes a couple more months of his enormous paycheck, and two, he waits to see what you know. What are the what does the government have on him? <laughs> you know, like what what do they really have on him? 
which is obviously going to be revealed at that trial before he cops to anything. You know, he certainly doesn't want to own up to anything uh, or, you know, start talking before he knows how much he needs to talk. So, yeah, um, yeah that, that's it probably for Will Wade, certainly for this season. I'd be fairly stunned at this point if he's their coach next season. I think also they're expecting to give some kind of news on Javante Smart much sooner than that. That'll be really, really interesting to me. Uh, you know, I know they're doing their own investigation and all that, but given how little we know about what the government knows and, you know, what this trial is going to turn up and, you know, what other things might be on wiretaps that nobody's heard yet. If you do this investigation and you can't really nail anything to the wall and you say, okay, well, we're reinstating him. You're rolling, you're really rolling the dice there on, you know, having some accomplishments be wiped away down the road. Now, I think you and I, I think are on the same page. I know a lot of people feel this way. Like if I'm them. I just go with it. I don't even know if I would have suspended Will Wade. Just go out there and try to uh, win whatever you can win on the court, knowing that you've done it and that that memory isn't going to go away and knowing that whether you sat them or played them, you're probably going to get slammed anyway later and just go try to win. So I think maybe they'll take that approach with Javante Smart, but if they do, they certainly risk whatever they are able to accomplish this postseason getting wiped off the map later. Yeah, and I, I, I am just like I would love to be a fly on the wall in the LSU athletic department offices. What is this internal investigation they're going to do on Smart? I, I mean, it would kind of seem like it would be simple. Hey, Javante, did uh, Coach Wade give you some money? <laughs> you know, right? Because I, I mean, if it. The the way I understand those those wiretaps is pretty clear cut. Now, in theory, there there's probably middlemen involved, and maybe there's a scenario where none of that money made it back to him, and in theory, he could hide behind something and say that he didn't have any idea, and LSU would be fine with that. But I I just don't see that scenario being likely with all the facts as we know them at this very point. So that that whole side of the bracket is just gonna be interesting to kind of keep an eye on, and I I think that it won't be LSU coming out on on, on Sunday from that side for the, to the championship game. So, But I, I completely agree with your, your point earlier, Kyle, that basically from an NCAA seeding perspective, unless there's a Cinderella coming, everything will be set by Sunday. Kentucky, do you, do, well, let me ask you this. Do you agree with this? Whoever wins between Kentucky and Tennessee is probably going to get the one seed? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, because... For the winner, that's two top five wins, and they both have other good, really good wins. You know, they they other, both have other top five wins. You know, Kentucky beat North Carolina. Um, you know, Tennessee beat uh, Gonzaga. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just uh, I I think both their resumes are strong enough to me. I mean, frankly, both stronger than Gonzaga. <laughs> I just. That, that's going to be a really interesting thing. I mean, that's been the hot sort of debate on Twitter since Gonzaga lost to St. Mary's the other night in the, their league uh, tournament. Do they still deserve a one seed? You know, because they have this epic, you know, early win. They may be the best win in the country, um, beating Duke at like a full-strength Duke. And also when they were not full-strength themselves, they didn't have uh, Killian Tilly back. So... Um, they have that, but they also, beyond that, it's, you know, kind of paltry in terms of, you know, quad one wins and everything else you look at. 
Um, they, they beat Duke, and then they turn around. And they beat Washington uh, by two, the Pac-12 champ. But they lost to Tennessee, and they lost to Carolina back-to-back, other um, contenders for a one seed. Like, especially if it's Tennessee beats Kentucky and Carolina wins the ACC, you know, do you put Gonzaga as a one over either of those teams that they lost to head-to-head and both have a ton more wins? I mean, Kentucky would also have a ton more quality wins than Gonzaga. Less, fewer losses. Gonzaga at 30-3, and three, but um, – that's going to be super interesting to me, just kind of how the, how does the committee, one, handle Gonzaga losing, uh, two, how do they handle, you know, Carolina-Duke semifinals, are, are those basically play-in games? Kentucky-Tennessee, is that a play-in game? Uh, I think they should be treated that way. I mean, to me, it feels that way. If, if, but even though Carolina's beaten Duke twice, both those were without Zion. If Zion comes back and Duke wins, I think I'd give Duke the edge there. Classic media bias towards Duke. That's all you guys do, you college basketball <laughs> writers. You just carry water for Mike Shashevsky constantly. It's just a, sh- right. it's a shame. Um, coming up, I'm going to continue that in a minute because I, I am kind of curious to get your thoughts about. And this may seem this probably is a simple answer, but you know, if if one seed is given to one of those teams that we just mentioned ahead of Gonzaga, would would they really even want it, you know? Uh, I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on that. But before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys about LaRose, as we've been telling you about them for a long time. They're a Cincinnati thing, just like Skyline. Um, they were started in 1954 by a guy named Buddy LaRose, who talked to a bunch of friends and throwing in a little bit of money and opening a, a pizzeria. Uh, now here we are, you know, what is that, 54 to now? That's over 70 years almost, years later, and now he's got 64 pizzerias in the northern Kentucky-Cincinnati area. The closest one to us here in Lexington is up in Dry Ridge, but there's one coming to Lexington in May. It'll be right beside the Skyline Chili on Richmond Road. Um, so go out and check out La Rosa's Pizza. Visit their website, LaRosa's.com. they got all kinds of great food. See it all there. See the menu. See where the closest one to you is, and then order you some some delicious pizza, pasta, or even some salad if you're feeling a little healthy. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. So, Kyle, my the question is this. You know, if you're going to give that one seed to North Carolina, if they lose to Duke, Kentucky, if they lose to Tennessee, do you want that one seed out west? Because that's the one that Gonzaga would be giving up, right? Yeah, I mean... Somebody's got to be the one in the West. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I I think it depends on the on the team. It depends also on like who's your bracket. I mean, I, I'll take the easier bracket and travel any day. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you're an East Coast team, that is a long that's a long way. Uh, you know, some people definitely handle jet lag differently than others. <laughs> um, you know, there 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 are some factors there. That's a long way to go. I know, you know, when uh, Rick Pitino and Louisville, it was like it seemed like they loved being out there, uh, out west. They loved being far from home. It, for whatever reason, they played well when they were put in that situation. You know, that maybe there's something to like, kind of being, feeling like you're a little bit off the radar, um, being far from distractions. Certainly, not as many people can get to you when you're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I prefer. I mean, there's a reason that they they set these tournaments up you know, with some preference to the top teams geography wise, they would like to 
one, they, they want to minimize the travel. And two, these, the, you know, top teams, if they're given a choice, they want to play close to home. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. Like if you're Kentucky and you could be, let's take Louisville out of it. Cause obviously they would, yeah, that's what Louisville. I was any, any seeding other than, you know, any decent seed in Louisville they would take, but take that out of it and give them, you know, a two or three seed, a two seed in, uh, the other two regions or one out West. I don't know what they'd pick. I think I'd probably, I think I'd probably certainly if it was the, the, was it Kansas city, St. Louis, what is it? Kansas city. I think I'd take that as a two seed, certainly over being a one out West. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. And I think it's a Rick Pitino uh, quote, or it might be another coach. It's, Send me west, and we'll uh, send us west, and we'll do the rest. Because you know that's the way that basketball is kind of balanced. Is it's there are a lot more quality teams out east, and this year specifically, when you look at West Coast Conference and the Pac-12, there are not a lot of good teams out there. And if there is, there is um, geography kind of lended towards these these things. And so, in theory, if you're out there, you probably will be playing against a slightly lesser competition and. But, you know, we talk about all this, and, and to your grander point there, Kyle, it is all about matchups. And the bracket you draw is probably the most important thing um, comparatively to where you are, with the exception of, you know, the Louisville. I think, you know, Kentucky would probably say uh, as long if they would take a four seed in Louisville over a one seed, maybe somewhere else, because, you know, as long as you can get to that Louisville regional, then you're going to basically have home court, and that would be a. A really big advantage. So, um, Kyle, let's uh, let's move. We talked a lot about Will Wade there, the first part of this podcast. The other news that has, has been broken is the fact that Billy Kennedy will not return to Texas A&M next season, according to the Houston Chronicle. And he has coached at A&M for eight years now. He's had a pretty good record, made some sweet 16s, done good stuff. Um, off the court wise, I think many people know he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease uh, soon after he got the job. Uh, the sad reality of the way college athletics and, and probably life in general, you know, people have used that against him in recruiting. And so, you know, he's had been, had to deal with that the past couple of years. The recruiting has fallen off recently. Obviously, they had a bad year this year. I, I'm not surprised that this move is made. I, I would venture to guess it might even be a little bit mutual. But the interesting part spinning it forward is the fact that the hot name that everybody thinks is going to take this job or or will be offered this job is Buzz Williams from Virginia Tech. Yeah, and, you know, he's, he's got a, a little bit of a UK connection, you know, seven degrees of separation or whatever, uh, having been an assistant coach under none other than Billy G at Texas A&M before he went to, what, Marquette and then mm-hmm. uh, Virginia Tech. So that would be really interesting. It sounds like that's who they want. You know, does Buzz, I mean, is Buzz in a better situation at Texas A&M than at Virginia Tech? I mean, I assume when they, those Texas schools can all pay better. Yes. Um, yes. Virginia Tech, he's in the shadow of Virginia. It's not a huge basketball school, obviously a football school, but so is Texas A&M. Like, I I don't know that uh, Aggies basketball gets people totally fired up. Uh, although most of the time when Kentucky comes to town, uh, 
there's a good crowd, but that's pretty much everywhere. Um, I don't know. I, is that a, is that a step up? Is it a step, step sideways for, uh, for Buzz Williams? I, I don't know. I mean, he, he would certainly be leaving the preeminent basketball conference in the ACC. Now the SEC has gotten a lot more respect lately. It's a very good basketball conference, but you know, there's got about 30 years of catching up to do to, to catch the ACC in prestige, sort of historic prestige. So, um, That'll be that'll be one to watch, and I, it certainly makes Texas A and M more the, more of a threat. I know Kennedy had some really good and really talented teams. Uh, been to a couple Sweet Sixteens there, but I think Buzz would be a really interesting addition to the league. I mean, it would just keep up the it would also keep up the recent trend that I think has lifted the league of making really good coaching hires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that would definitely be a national brand, and you know, kind of. I was listening to some national stuff today, talking about Buzz Williams overall. And uh, to your question, you know, is it a is it a lateral move? Is it a slight step up? Is it this or that? The the one thing that he was relatively open about when he left Marquette is the fact that he wanted to get out before they chased him out. And he also viewed Virginia Tech as a slight step up. He made that clear as well. You know, they're in the, a bigger conference. They have better facilities. And I, I think you can make the exact same case for Texas A&M, they've got more money. Uh, they'll be, they'll, I'm sure they'll be able to step up their facilities. I don't even know what their facilities are, but uh, it would, it would be a, a situation where obviously they're willing to invest because they're going to have to pay him. And if they're willing right. to do that, they want to have a big time basketball program. Um, and so uh, he would also be, you know, he's a ex- native Texan, so that's like the last maybe piece to that that puzzle there. So I think it just would make a lot of sense, and it would make it would it would just. A another great basketball coach, but B another awesome basketball personality in the league, which I know you and I both enjoy. Yeah, it's I want a guy who says some stuff and mixes it up and uh, has some passion about him, and that certainly Buzz Williams fits that bill. Uh, Billy Kennedy has been uh, a strong figure in the league, and and you mentioned his uh, disease, and you 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 hurt for him there, and you hope hope for the best for him there but as he's a pretty quiet uh, mm-hmm. personality like he's he just kind of is there you know what I mean he hasn't to me he's never been this uh, gregarious big um, oversized personality and Buzz Williams is a little more uh, fits that bill a little little Bruce Pearl in him yeah yeah without a doubt you know those those would definitely be a fun press conference coming up next we're going to talk about Kyle's piece on Kentucky versus Wichita State from the NCAA tournament a few years back. And I'm going to share uh, a tweet from one of the Calipari daughters because she's making fun of her dad again. And we really love to report on that here on Locked on Kentucky. This is Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. Kyle, you did an awesome job <laughs> reporting out this, uh, this, this game, kind of revisiting the Kentucky versus uh, Wichita State matchup and. Uh, it's for what? What did you? What is the athletic calling it? The Cinderella series, right? Yeah, it's kind of Cinderella week. We're kind of taking some like different angles. Some are about Cinderella teams. Some are about uh, kind of the in Cinderella in, individual uh, type guys, uh, people or teams who had their kind of one moment and uh, flashed hot in, in the under the big spotlight of the NCAA tournament and uh, made their mark. Um, and then maybe vanished in some cases. That was not the case 
really with either of these teams, but it, the, what made it so interesting for a themed kind of project like this, this game is like, who's, who was Cinderella, Wichita state or Kentucky? Obviously as a number one seed, you don't think Cinderella, but you also don't think of Wichita state as a one seed, but they had gone, they had, they had as a nine seed in 2013 had made their own Cinderella run, uh, gone all the way to the final four and, and got eliminated by Louisville when Louisville won the national title or, didn't win the national title, as time would tell us later. And then rode that wave with a lot of the same guys to an undefeated season in 2014 and got a one seed. They were the first team ever to come into the tournament 35 and 34 and 0. Uh, got to 35 and 0. And Kentucky, obviously, the, like the, the interesting story of that matchup was that here was the number one seed and undefeated team, Wichita State, playing Kentucky which had been the preseason number one team, the team that everybody was printing 40-0 and 0 T-shirts for, that they could go undefeated. They totally stumbled and bumbled through the season. It was, until the postseason, a, an, an abject disappointment uh, with all of that talent. They had seven guys who eventually played in the NBA, and they lost 10 games before the NCAA tournament, and so they were an eight seed. I think Cal Perry and everybody else was a little surprised. I was surprised they were an eight. I thought they'd be like a six. But they were an eight seed, and so here comes Wichita State. Your reward for a perfect season and a number one seed is you have to play the most loaded eight seed in history. And it, and to their credit, both teams' credit, it, they staged a almost perfect basketball game, um, one of the best-played basketball games I've ever seen, one of the best-played NCAA tournament games ever in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And, you know, of course, afterwards, Cal, a lot of other people said that was, a, that was an Elite Eight or a Final Four game. Shouldn't have been a second-round game. And, you know, I talked to all the people involved to look back at it, Greg Marshall, Fred Van Vliet, who got off the game-winning try for uh, Wichita State that missed, Ron Baker, who Andrew Harrison, after the game in the handshake line, called a bad, bad boy. Uh, <laughs> I love I that quote. <laughs> I, did, I did not get uh, Clay Anthony early, unfortunately. He had 31 in that game. But I got Andrew Harrison, who uh, outlined once and for all the tweak uh, and talked to Dakari Johnson from China. Um, and he was great. He, he gave, I think, the best quotes in the story. Um, and and I briefly got Calipari on the subject uh, as well. And you know, he said he said it then, and he repeated it five years here, five years later. You know, they, they were basically they thought they were punishing Kentucky or hurting Kentucky, but all they did was hurt Wichita State. That they never ever should have had to play a team like Kentucky in the second round. And Greg Marshall certainly agrees. I think most people agree that it was an injustice for such a good Wichita state team to have to do that. But, um, you know, everything finally came together in that moment for Kentucky and they played this back and forth breakneck game. Um, I had a lot of fun going back and watching it. I was there that day, but going back and watching the whole game back through and watching that full CBS broadcast. And like, I got such a kick and I mentioned it a few times in the story out of Nance, but especially uh, Greg Anthony, just cackling with laughter, just like the, like, laughter of disbelief at some of the plays that were being made and the back and forth, you know, uh, trading shots at the beginning. And uh, then they each had a big run to match each other. And uh, Alex Poitras has a LeBron James kind of uh, chase down block. And Julius Randle just really dominated that game, even in ways that don't show up on the stat sheet. He had a double-double plus six assists, uh, but it was even more dominant than that in, in drawing fouls and drawing attention. The Harrison twins were kind of at their best that day. They both hit their first three shots. Um, Andrew's playing hurt with the elbow that he had 
hyperextended the game before. Willie Cauley-Stein posterizes a guy, and then Clay Anthony Early comes down a couple minutes later and posterizes Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, Aaron Harrison banks in a three from the left wing. Ron Baker banks in a three from the left wing on the other end, and that was – uh, I think that got it to one in the final 30 seconds or something of the game, um, you know, and then comes down to to a shot, one shot to decide everybody's fate. And if it goes in, none of that crazy, uh, the rest of that crazy tournament run that Kentucky made happens. You know, Aaron Harrison goes on to hit three straight clinching three-pointers against Louisville, Michigan, and Wisconsin to go to the national championship game. None of that happens if one shot goes in from v- Fred Van Vliet. So, I mean, that game had everything you wanted. Great storylines, great drama, uh, played to the wire. And I think everybody left that game with a ton of mutual respect. I think certainly Wichita State, in a loss, gained the entire country's respect. Yeah, and I mean, the crazy thing to think about in that game is the fact that uh, when you look at it, uh, Wichita State might have had more NBA talent on the court. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, Uh, they... they, (laughs) I mean, Kentucky had seven guys who ended up playing in the league. They had five guys get drafted. Um, I mean, Wichita had three guys who played in the NBA at all. Clay Anthony Early got, is the only one of them who got drafted, and I think he got drafted way higher than he would have just off that game. Uh, I mean, that was an incredible game by him. I think he had 21 in the second half. Um, but he got drafted, and he only played like 35 games in the NBA. He's overseas now, I believe. Uh, Baker and Van Vliet went undrafted, but they both managed to stick in the league. I mean, Ron Baker's averaged like two, two or three points for his career, and he's not with the team right now. He had, had a shoulder surgery. Van Vliet is still in the league, and he's averaging like 10 points a game for the Raptors. But that's it in terms of, uh, in terms of Wichita State's pros. Uh, I mean, Kentucky had Willie Cauley-Stein, who's a, a really good NBA player. They had, uh, Julius, Julius Randle, uh, who's having a really, really good NBA career, is having a monster season for the Pelicans. You know, and beyond that, they had their guys that kind of flamed out in the league, too. Dakari got drafted. Uh, he's in China now. And Andrew Harrison got drafted, and he is just signed a contract to play in Russia. Uh, Aaron Harrison didn't get drafted, but played a little while uh, in the NBA and is now in Turkey uh, playing really well. Uh, over there, Alex Poitras has been in and out of the NBA, did not get drafted, but is uh, still hanging around the NBA slash G League. Uh, James Young was out of the league pretty fast, but he did get drafted in the top 20. Um, so I would still say Kentucky had a lot more NBA talent. Um, they have the two best NBA players uh, currently that were in that game. But, I mean, Wichita Wichita, Wichita State was not without talent. They had some really good players and, like, excellent college players. Yep. It was a really, really fun piece, and I suggest everybody go read it on The Athletic. That's where Kyle writes. Kyle, you'll be heading down to Nashville on Thursday morning to get all this coverage, so everyone should be paying attention and following along uh, with you down there. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see – Oh. You know what what goes down there, and the current the update that I wanted to get to from social media um, was that John Calipari and the team is obviously down there as we're recording on Wednesday night, and we have an update on John Calipari's status. I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed, and here we go. Uh, Aaron Calipari 
tweeted out, laser focus, and then there is a cake emoji and a pie emoji, and it's hashtagged clean eating, and it is a picture of John Calipari eating, well, it's not just for him, but it is this monstrous plate of desserts, and it's like on this tablet, I don't even know how to exactly, like a wood, it's on like a wooden plank, and it's just all these decadent desserts, and Calipari's focus is like on this bite that he's making because he's dipping some kind of little <laughs> little cake and some kind of glaze, and it it is it is funny. And Calipari mentioned the other day how how good he felt lately, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, I I eat clean and I exercise, but then after five p.m. I just eat whatever I want." <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's he the- dialed in. I pulled up this I pulled up this photo, and it, it is a like cutting board that is in the shape of the state of Tennessee, best I can tell. Uh, upside down in the photo and there are there's a dish of ice cream a giant slab of chocolate cake it looks like some like donut holes uh, a piece of a giant piece of carrot cake another bowl of ice cream a piece of chocolate pie maybe some peanut butter ice cream and then three little dipping sauces that Cal is crushing his uh, some kind of uh, pastry into with as his daughter put pointed out laser focus and he already has a piece of some other dessert on a plate directly in front of him so Cal's enjoying himself in Nashville that's good you want to been your John Calipari update <laughs> you got to be focused in March even if it is on your desserts so thanks so much for listening uh, you guys thanks again to La Rosa for sponsoring this edition of the show be sure to be following me on Twitter I'm at Curtis Birch B-U-R-C-H. You can follow Kyle. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnUK. Find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Kyle, did you survive the Facebook being down today? I uh, don't have Facebook. So Liar. Yes. You have a shadow account that you used to have to use for your old job. I know that's still... It's still there. I have I have a shell a shell of an account that literally just is as a sign on with no uh, information <laughs> or photo or anything. Don't follow. Don't have any friends. Can't even remember how to log into it. But I had to use it so I could. Uh, I guess you have to have an account to use yeah. Facebook pages so you can manage like a company page. So yes, my old uh, SEC country Facebook Live videos were uh, connected through the shadow account. Yep. But I've never I've never used Facebook for its intended purpose or any uh, personal use, so I, I got I survived just fine. Just like in real life, your shadow Facebook account has no friends. Thanks again to everyone <laughs> for listening. We will talk to you guys soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. <laughs> What's up with you, bud? Not too much. Oh, man, I'm doing finally doing my uh, very cleansing act of uh, closing out all the tabs that I had open <laughs> for. Like, I think I ended up with like 52 tabs open for that Wichita State story. <laughs> <laughs> 52 tabs that's wild because oh, i'd be like oh what was this guy's stats oh what was this guy's uh whatever i have like 19 wikipedia pages open <laughs>
this is so funny. All right. Well, oh, we'll, man. we'll talk about that a little bit. Okay. 